I'm feeling dangerous back here on Coming Up Winners. What a weekend it was for this podcast. Your boy back in the mix in the Super Contest with a 3-1-1 one, and one mark. Another winning weekend in college football. Andrew Lynch nailed the Buffalo Bills on the money line. I hope you guys tailed that. It was blowout Sunday in the NFL. I've got the best Tom Brady stat of the season for you. Let's go! Welcome back to Coming Up Winners. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Jason McIntyre, joined as always by Andrew Lynch. Lynch, some good news to start the podcast. Last Monday was our best Monday podcast of the season, so thank you for the listens, the downloads, subscribing, rating, reviewing, and then Thursday... Where you guys love our picks was our number one downloaded podcast of the young season. Hey, we're new. We're still the new kids on the block, but we're having a lot of fun. We hope to continue to get you to the window. My Venmo account not really enjoying this podcast as you guys are beating me up. Let's dive right into it. Andrew Lynch, what did you learn on this fine week 10 in the NFL? I learned that the Falcons defense is capable of making Baker Mayfield look like Joe Montana. Uh, but more broad, and I picked that because I think there's a broader trend here. And it's it's kind of self-evident, but I think it's worth reflecting on for a moment. In 2018, with the rule set the way it is, with offenses really modernizing the game and taking a, 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 a balanced approach where they're going pass first and then using the passing game to open up the running game rather than vice versa, it really seems to me that bad defenses are turning putrid offenses into elite units. And I really think we're in an offense-heavy environment in the NFL. We saw it with the Falcons and the Browns, where, again, the Falcons just made Baker Mayfield look like a, a pro bowler. But we saw it in Week 9 with the Raiders and the 49ers. We saw it in Week 8 with the Dolphins and the Titans. And most strikingly to me, given what we saw on Sunday night this week, we saw it in Week 6 with the Eagles and the Giants, where we saw the Eagles come out and just absolutely dominate New York. It's like, all right, Philly's back on track. They're playing like Super Bowl contenders again. And then they have that game against the Dallas Cowboys last night. So to me, I think what I'm learning is that in this environment, bad defenses really set up teams to have great offensive performances, even if they're not good offenses. Yeah, that's a great point. And that it feels like the divide between the haves and the have-nots is growing. I know everybody likes to say how the NFL is a parody-filled league. Not really this year. I mean, it's it's been wild. I, what I learned this weekend, Lynch, was that the New England Patriots can be a joke on the road. Okay, They've been blown out now, double-digit losses to the Jags, the Lions— and the Titans. And this loss to the Titans was bad. I mean, Tennessee on a short week, the numbers, Bill Belichick was something insane, like 14-2 and two against the spread versus teams on a short week. I mean, that game was over in the first quarter. Uh, and the Tom Brady numbers, I don't know about cause for alarm yet, but are you ready for this? Tom Brady is the worst quarterback in the NFL under pressure this season, according to quarterback rating. He has a 59.6 quarterback rating. That's worse than Joe Flacco, Josh Rosen, and Case Keenum. Listen, uh, Tom Brady did not look sharp at all, and this is against a secondary. Nothing to write home about. Malcolm Butler was one of the worst corners in the league this year. I don't know what to make of the Patriots, but I'll tell you this. They're probably not going to get home field advantage in the playoffs. That's going to go to the Chiefs, likely. And right now, I would say the Steelers have the inside track. They host the Patriots in December. 
I think the Steelers have the inside track on getting the number two seed. That could mean trouble for New England come January. Yeah, there's two kind of countervailing trends to me here. On the one hand, I think, you know, yesterday was just one game. And the Patriots, we really saw that the, the Titans defensive line was able to knife through that Patriots offensive line and get to Brady and really put him under duress for most of the game. With that said, the numbers say that the Patriots are a really solid offensive line. So I wonder if some of that is that while they're mostly keeping Brady clean and he's able to play like more of a 35-year-old Tom Brady than a 41-year-old Tom Brady... I wonder if those times when the defensive line is getting pressure to him, he's just not as ambulatory anymore. He can't evade the pressure. And with Julian Edelman not really playing up to snuff so far this season, and then on the flip side, that Patriots defense is just, I don't think I've ever seen the linebacking core in New England look so confused, both before and after the snap. They're not playing like a, a disciplined, structured Bill Belichick defense. And so to me... Those Brady numbers are striking, but what's more concerning for me is the New England defense. Yeah. Uh, To piggyback that, Edelman hasn't really been the same guy this season coming off the injury. No Gronk again, and the offense struggled. I will say this about Stephon Gilmore, who's getting all these rave reviews from pro football focus. He got lit up by Corey Davis yesterday. Thank you, Corey Davis, for the props to my fantasy team. Uh, So that's what we learned from Week 10 in the NFL. What did you learn? On to put up or shut up. You guys know the drill by now. Using the hashtag put up or shut up, I'm willing to bet against you. It has not gone well for me this season. You guys picked the game, and you're picking good games. That's probably why I'm struggling. I get to pick the side. Producer Conrad let me know that, uh, you know, last week I talked on the podcast about I love the Bears, I love the Bears, and then I took the Lions getting, you know, six and a half, and that was never a game. So that was a loss. Congrats at Baffinair. And then I took the Jags getting two and a half, which was a mistake. Lynch always says it. You've got to get the best number. I got three in the super contest, but on our contest for put up or shut up, I got two and a half. It didn't hit. I mean, it landed on three. So that's a loss. Congrats, Alex M. Jacobs. And then the one that really stung was the Tampa Bay Bucks. I, I, I know this is going to sound crazy. At Jerry Richards, when I send you your money, I will be adding this in the Venmo note. I had the right side. I mean, the Bucks had 500 yards of offense, three points. Uh, in the red zone, they were a dumpster fire. Lynch, and that's one of those games like, damn. Like, that, that felt bad to lose. That has to be kind of reassuring in a way, though, right? Like, it it happens. You you. It's all about the process. The results will even out in the long run. Water finds its level. Yep. You have to trust your process and know that when a team piles up that many yards, when they get into the red zone that often, they're going to win. They're going to cover more often than not. So that one, like, it's a sweat, but it's almost like a, it's like a, the sweat that you get from a good workout. You know, like, you're okay with it. <laughs> and, and I watched that game closely. I will say, we're going to talk about this in a minute. The Redskins go home next weekend. And the line on that game has moved because the Redskins look so bad against Tampa. So congrats to the put-up-or-shut-up winners. Make sure to get your top 25 college basketball, NBA, top 25 college football, or NFL picks to me. You pick the game. I pick the side. Get them in. We will reveal them Thursday on Coming Up Winners. On to what were you thinking? This is when we go over where we were right, where we were wrong last week on the podcast. Let's get started with a double winner. We both like Seattle. I will say, Lynch, 
Bit of a sweat uh, there in the fourth quarter. And it's funny, I sent out a group text to Lynch and producer Conrad talking about Seattle, how good it felt. And literally on the next play, Russell Wilson fumbled. And I was sweating the rest of the game. Thank you, Russell Wilson, for coming in the back door. He's a good quarterback, man. He is really fun to watch. Lynch, uh, your thoughts after that text message was sent, and I kind of felt like I jinxed our Seattle pick. It was instant. It was so great. But this is the type of NFL game that you just have to love, especially if you have money on it. Like Again, that was just a great sweat. Back and forth scoring. It comes right down to the wire. Like, And then you end up with the W. It doesn't get any better than that. So that, that's what I was thinking as I'm watching this game. It's like, man, this is so much fun. This is why we do this. And on the flip side, you know, we took the Falcons, favored by four and a half in Cleveland. And I don't know about you, but I felt Lynch like this. Well, we were on the wrong side pretty early in this one. Cleveland did what it wanted. 8.5 yards per play, well over 400 yards. Baker Mayfield, and yes, thank you guys for all of you responding to me on Twitter. How does Baker look? He was flawless in the first half. And, of course, he uh, came to the podium afterward and said, I'm feeling dangerous. So, Lynch, we took an L there. Any thoughts on the Browns moving forward? Yeah, I I do genuinely think, listen, Jay Glazer said after Hugh Jackson was fired, he said on the Fox uh, Sunday pregame show the next the next Sunday that this really felt like a different team, that they had their best practice of the season. And I think everyone kind of laughed at that. But we saw it this week after a full week under the new coaching staff. These Browns, they're not the Browns that we've seen so far this season. It feels like they're more disciplined. It feels like they're making the best use of Nick Chubb. I I don't want to, you know, jump to too firm of a conclusion based off of one week, but I I'm really going to be keeping my eye on this Browns team. I mean, I have to. I've bet every Browns game so far this season. I'm going to keep that trend up through the rest of the year just to be able to say that I did. Be careful. Uh, All right, so on to the Moneyline picks. This is where, folks, if you are following our picks, and listen, you got to do your own homework and trust your own process, but Lynch gave out the Bills plus 265. Probably, I think, the best win we've had on the podcast. Lynch, you're at the podium. What do you have to say? I am the smartest man alive. No, I I mean, not to go full Billy Madison, but yeah, I was I was definitely feeling that one. I, it is my favorite bet, non-poker, that I have ever made at this point. It is my favorite sports bet, overtaking uh, a college football bet from 2001 wow. that was made, yeah, in the Bahamas. But that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and you knew, that, listen, the Bills had that within the first quarter. It was a weird Sunday where there was not that much drama. That Bills game was over. It was 17 nothing. It's like, there's no way Josh McCown's coming back. This is a good loss for my Jets for uh, draft purposes. I will have to admit, listen... I whiffed badly, and you know I was feeling, you know, feeling a little. I got, I got to show up here, and I made a really insanely dumb bet. Uh, I talked about it on the podcast. I took the Lions and the Bengals, a hundred dollar money line parlay that was over within like fifteen minutes. I mean, with uh, honestly, it was cooked. Lions were down twenty six nothing. Bengals were down thirty five seven. And it was one of those, gosh, that was bad. I I, take it back. That's my favorite bet. (laughs) No, it's not. And to recap, what were you thinking? Listen, I've been on a good run in college football. Three and two over the weekend. Fresno led, by the way, Friday night, 17-3. I texted producer Conrad, come on, Bulldogs, let's go. And uh, they proceeded to not score again. And Boise went on a 21-0 run. It happens. Uh, Cincinnati was my other loser. And this is one where they were up 12, got to the five-yard line with a minute left, and decided, oh, we're not going to try to score. 
Uh, why not? Like, I mean, come on, score. You're trying to impress bowl teams and the bowl committee so you can get a better bowl. Cincinnati um, didn't cover against USF. So three and two. Alabama in the first half was my pay your mortgage pick. Booyah! Another weekend in college football winning. All right, we're looking ahead now to week 11. And, you know, it's funny, Lynch, when, I, when you have a good weekend, you're instantly Monday diving deep into the lines. So we actually wanted to look at six games. I know that's a lot, and there's still a lot of time to go. But let's get started here. The Houston Texans, off a bye, are visiting the Redskins, the division-leading Redskins who just won in Tampa. And the line has swung big time. Houston, favored by three in Washington. My instant thought is, Listen, the Redskins got lucky in Tampa. That offensive line is going to get annihilated by Watt and Clowney. I I look at Houston, and that's that's a Houston Texans pick for me. Absolutely, I, I think Deshaun Watson's rounding into form. You know, five touchdowns in his last game. Uh, Texans, as like you said, coming off a bye. That defense is legit. It actually came down to two and a half briefly this morning, Ooh. which is yeah, when I pounced on it, back up to three now. Early lean, I like Houston, but it's going to be interesting to see how that line fluctuates around that key number of three. Redskins have been Jekyll and Hyde at home, right? Uh, They beat Aaron Rodgers, they lose to Andrew Luck, and they get thumped by the Falcons. I'm just telling you guys right now, the Redskins are beat up. This is not a good football team. If you really want to challenge me, go look at the box score. Tampa moved up and down the field at will, 500 yards. It just couldn't punch it in the red zone. Houston's much better with Deshaun Watson. I love Houston, favored by three. Next up, Andrew Lynch. This is a great game. Vikings at the Bears. Now, this kind of surprises me. The Bears, I'm seeing two and a half. I don't, I don't know if that's what you're seeing as well. Any initial thoughts? Chicago now, one of the hottest teams in the NFL. I am a big believer in the Bears. Not as big of a believer as you are, because you nailed that one preseason. I'm not a believer in the Vikings, but this is such a tough line. This is kind of a stay away for me in the same way that the Rams Seahawks was right now. I think my early lean would be Chicago at minus two and a half inside of the three inside that key number. I do like the bears to win. And so I'll take the two and a half there because so few games are decided by one or two points. Right. That said, I'm, I'm going to have to dive in on this one. I just don't know which Vikings defense is the real Vikings defense. You 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 mentioned Jekyll and Hyde. We've seen great performances from Minnesota this season. We've also seen them play the Buffalo Bills. So (laughs) I really don't know what this Vikings defense is. I do know what Chicago is. And if, if Chicago can continue to keep Mitch Trubisky in good situations where he's not having to make high-risk plays, this is a team to be reckoned with. What jumps out at me here is how the Bears beat the Lions. They, could all, they couldn't run the football. 54 yards rushing. Trubisky, 355 yards, three TDs. Allen Robinson coming back from injury was massive. But now Chicago's showing, and the DVOA, DVOA numbers back this up. They can beat you with defense. They can beat you running the football, and they can beat you passing the football. And they can beat you in a kick-the-ball-into-the-uprights contest. (laughs) Well, the kicking situation, listen, Parkey, uh, you can't miss four kicks. This is a guy who who choked against the Miami game. Remember that? In overtime, could have won the game. Uh, Shoot, that's a good reminder right there. Also, take a look at the injury report, because the Vikings were without, in Week 9, without Anthony Barr. They had some issues on the offensive line. They didn't accumulate 300 yards against the Lions. And, like, I know the Vikings are looking better, but their last three wins are against, uh, you know, inferior teams. And uh, who have they beaten that's good lately? I, I, I mean, 
You know, they beat the Lions. They beat the Jets, who are hapless. They beat the Cardinals. That win against Philadelphia over a month ago looks less impressive now. I, I got to lean Chicago here, Lynch. That, that would be my lean. All right, let's move on to the next game, Week 11. Fascinating revenge spot. Cowboys at the Falcons. Falcons favored by three and a half. Lynch, they just lost to the Browns. And the Cowboys just beat the Eagles. How are the Atlanta Falcons favored by three and a half at home against the Cowboys? Because they still have an elite offense, at least in aggregate. And the Cowboys aren't doing anything really well at this point in aggregate. That said, Ezekiel Elliott against that Atlanta defensive front, oh that my. Atlanta defense. Yeah, I'm wondering, you know, if if what I learned so far this season holds true, Cowboys might be good value here. It might be really solid value. Well, that's that's just my initial thought. Um, gonna be. I think this line probably swings pretty wildly throughout the the week. I can't imagine. Very many people have a firm grasp on this game, but I imagine there's going to be a lot of money on it. Now, where do you think the public will come in? On the Cowboys, probably. Dallas, right? Dallas, absolutely. And Atlanta's coming off a, a loss, embarrassingly so, in Cleveland. I'm going to say this. Keep an eye on the Deion Jones situation. I think their great linebackers do back in one of the next two weeks. Uh, he's coming off IR. And, you know, the, the, the Sean Lee situation for Dallas is, is troubling, but their linebackers are playing extremely well. I think you're right. The, the, I think the professionals will come in on the Falcons, but I do believe the public will be all over Dallas. That's going to be interesting to monitor uh, for, the, for the rest of the week. The next game in Week 11, boy, if Dallas was a revenge spot, Pittsburgh, double revenge special, Lynch. And again, you love the numbers. I like, you know, spot, which we're still making a T-shirt out of. We will let you know. Uh this spot for Pittsburgh is the double revenge factor. They are going to Jacksonville favored by five and a half. Now, we know three is a key number. Four is becoming a key number. Five is kind of a dead number. So there's going to be some wiggle room for movement here. I got to say, I know Jacksonville's defense showed up in the second half. The Colts didn't score any, any, any points on them. But they gave up 29 points in the first half. Andrew Luck was a buzzsaw against what was a juggernaut defense last year. I got to say, Blake Bortles was totally checking down everything. He was afraid to throw the football last week. And Jacksonville, we talk about the trenches. Lynch, their center is going to be missing from this upcoming game. That's a key position on the offensive line. After left tackle, that's a number one position. Center, Pittsburgh's pass rush annihilated Cam Newton. For me, this I think this number is going to climb. I like Pittsburgh. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey better be ready because the I think you know looking back at the Thursday game between the Steelers and the Panthers, I was very adamant on the Panthers because they were better in every statistical category according to DVOA, every single That's one. That's right. But what what I missed was the the Pittsburgh wide receivers against the Jackson or excuse me against the Carolina defensive backs. That was the matchup that really turned that game and allowed the Steelers to just roll. I kind of feel like we're going to see the same thing here. So, yeah, inside of a touchdown, I think there's real value on the Steelers right now. And you do wonder the A.J. Bouye. Remember, he told the media he was out last week before he told his coach. Jalen Ramsey came in after the game was like, y'all are going to miss me when I'm gone. Like, what are you talking about? You're under contract. What, do you want out? Is is, is the ship sailed in Jacksonville? I, I wonder if Pittsburgh smokes him or if Jacksonville has any pride left. All right, our fifth game. Now, listen. 
normally we would not be talking about this. Lynch loves it, and I actually kind of love it too. Oakland, the quitting Oakland Raiders, who apparently Jordy Nelson's retiring uh, today. The Raiders are on the hook to pay him $7 million or something. Oakland visits Arizona, and the fighting Josh Rosens are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Like, what? Now, let me quickly say, I watched a lot of Arizona KC yesterday. Arizona moved the ball well. Like, David Johnson is alive again. He's factoring in. And Chandler Jones and that Arizona defense was all over Pat Mahomes. Now, I know Kansas City soft-pedaled the game. As you said, they didn't want to show anything. I I, I think Arizona, now, three-and-a-half is a bit steep for my blood, but Oakland is, three of their last four games, no touchdowns. I lean Arizona here. Yeah, Faye John Gruden. It's been <laughs> super profitable this season. The Raiders are two and two and seven against the spread so far. Um, and yeah, I listen. I am a Cardinals fan. That's right. And what we saw from David Johnson in Week Ten is not what we've seen from David Johnson so far this season, and in the best way. So far this season, the Cardinals have just been running David Johnson between the tackles, which is an absolute <sighs> waste of his talent. Make the switch to Byron Leftwich as offensive coordinator. Shout out to Byron Leftwich. All of a sudden, they're getting D- David Johnson the ball in space. They're using him in the passing game. This is the David Johnson we should. This is the David Johnson most people took number one in fantasy or in the you know top three. This is the David Johnson we were expecting. The Cards played the Chiefs tough. Yes, I don't think Kansas City you know brought out their A game necessarily against that Arizona defense, but I think this Cardinals defense or this Cardinals team is. Certainly more legit than the the Raiders. Does three and a half scare you? It gives me a little bit of pause, yeah. But it's it looks like it's moving up to four already in some spots. I uh, I've got my bet in on Arizona at minus three Nicely and a half, which is done. one of the reasons I was yeah I really wanted to talk about this game. And also I think you know we we saw it with Buffalo and the Jets, right? We like to talk about the big games that everyone's talking about and everyone's betting on value, 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 value. value. Again, three and a half is kind of a tough number, so it might not be as valuable as it could be, but I. I do think there is a lot of value in fading John Gruden, especially in the second half of games. And we're talking about an Arizona team that only has two wins over C.J. Beathard, I believe, right? Is that accurate? Two wins for Arizona. All right, so keep an eye on that one. And finally, the Super Bowl uh, matchup, and we're talking about this early, okay? It's next Monday in Mexico City, Chiefs at Rams. This is why we're talking about it, the news that just broke while we're recording this, Cooper Cup the best receiver on the Rams. I give him the nod over Robert Woods. He's out for the season. It's over. His season is over. Cooper Cup leads the Rams in touchdowns with six. He is phenomenal getting opened. He is the safety valve for Jared Goff. That's a big, big loss. Lynch, I don't know that it will have an impact on the line to this game, but moving forward, you know, listen, they're going to have a week to prepare. Uh, I don't know if the stories are out there, but the Rams... Uh, apparently are going to be going to Colorado Springs to practice at altitude to prepare for the game in Mexico City. Any early thoughts on Chiefs at Rams? So this is fascinating. There has been line movement since the cup announcement, but it's in the Rams' direction. They they opened as one-point favorites. It was two this morning. It's now two and a half. Uh, My early lean is that it's going to be Kansas City. I think Kansas City is the better team. Um, I think their offense outpaces the Rams' offense. Of course, the Rams have a better defense, but they're they're really having a hard time putting all those pieces together into a cohesive defense the past few weeks. But I, again, I've said this a couple of times. I loved a couple of games that played out last uh, this past Sunday. I love this game from a process oh, yeah. perspective. This is the good stuff. This is you dive in, you analyze everything, you come back to what really matters to you. 
And then you know that in a game between two elite teams like this, it might not even matter. And like to me, that's fun. Like Trust your process, get your bet in, and then let's see what happens. Lynch, I just looked. The Rams have not covered in five of their last six games. The, the recipe is easy, right? Seattle has shown it twice now. Run the football. Seattle ran all over them yesterday. Kareem Hunt can run all over this defense. I think my it, the reason I would lean Rams is the Kansas City defense. I don't think it gets stops. I mean, how are they going to stop Gurley? I, I, what the total is like 63, 64, like an astronomical number. 63 and a half at this moment. We will dive deep into that next Thursday. And of course, next Monday, yes, we will be doing two podcasts Thanksgiving week. So make sure to look for that. And we will wrap up this podcast, as always, with a look at the Monday night football game. There's no playoff implications here. These are two of the worst teams in the NFL. Giants visit the 49ers. San Francisco looks like a three-point favorite. That's moved around. I think I saw three and a half over the weekend. I don't understand how there's money coming in on the 49ers. Uh, You know, if you want to back Nick Mullins, I know he shredded the Raiders last Thursday, but that is the Raiders. I mean, from a talent perspective, the Giants have far more talent offensively. I would say San Francisco's better in the trenches, and I give San Francisco the edge at coach. Lynch, this isn't a game I love. I'm not going to be heavily invested. If I had to make an action play, I guess I would take the Niners here. Any thoughts? I mean, I would take them at three, three and a half, I doubt, but... Yeah, this is kind of, I'm calling this a blind resume game. Take the teams away, take the names of the players away, look at the data... And I'm going to take the points here. I am going to take the Giants. But more importantly, give me Saquon against this Niners run defense. I think that's what it really comes down to. If the Giants are smart enough to have Eli Manning turn around and just hand the ball to Saquon Barkley, I think they win this game outright. Um, Interesting note, though, per the Action Network, our good friends over there, Eli has been an underdog in his past 15 straight games. Okay. The last time the Giants were favored with Eli Manning playing quarterback, exactly one year ago versus the San Francisco 49ers. Again, I, I'll take the Giants plus three here. You, you know, you joked last week that the Bills money line bet, I was making that, you know, holding my nose and covering my mouth. No, this is the one that I'm holding my Certainly. nose and covering my mouth. Listen, but, I got, uh, 49ers, their defensive line is awesome. It's all first-round picks. Solomon Thomas, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead from Oregon. Like, hopefully these guys show up. I, I will say, I can't get invested in the Giants, and this is a me thing, because I'm facing the number one team in fantasy. I have a 25-point lead, and he's got Saquon Barkley. So you got me all scared now that Barkley's going to go nuts. It's a PPR league. So, you know, Emmett got me like, uh, sorry, not Emmett. Zeke Elliott got me 38 points last night. So I can't back the Giants and root against Saquon. How do you justify that as a gambler? Because I know a lot of our listeners play fantasy as well. I don't play fantasy. That's uh, that's the thing. However, I have, of course, played fantasy in years past while gambling. Um, For me, it's where, you know, where do I have more money? That's that's the one that you know which one is going to be more valuable to my to my pocketbook. Okay. All right, so there you have it. Another episode of Coming Up Winners in the Books. I know Thanksgiving is coming up Lynch. I just want to remind listeners, please guys, get in your put up or shut up games early and subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars. We've seen some really nice reviews. We want to, we're thinking of doing something after Thanksgiving to folks who give us kind reviews. And uh, we're going to work on getting those shirts printed. Something creative with Spot. Producer Conrad is on it for Andrew Lynch. 
For producer Conrad, I am your host, Jason McIntyre. Good luck. We'll talk to you Thursday.